the person who gives in charity and has he's in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has proper fear, which is balanced fear, because we always travel between fear and hope. But what does it mean to always have fear of Allah? It really means that you know about Allah's generosity and kindness as well as you know about his might and majesty. And you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just and fair and he will punish those who deserve to be punished. So it is that kind of fear that you need to always have, which also forms by and large the notion of taqwa, becoming you know, mindful of Allah means mindful of all of his qualities and attributes and that he is aware of our deeds and actions. So if we know that we have done something wrong, there will be consequences. Or even better than that for a true sincere believer is the knowledge that he will be punished if he does something wrong. Therefore, he doesn't do it in the first place to avoid the punishment. So that's the highest degree of taqwa. And there is one more trait which is emphasized here, and I think it's crucial too. We said yesterday all prophets you know, shared that trait of ikhlas, they had it in common. Sincerity is the key for our deeds to be accepted. But this one was sadaqa bil husna, which is sidq, truthfulness, is equally important. Some scholars say that also all prophets of Allah, they excelled in this particular trait. Because when you are truthful, honest, it means you're going to stand up for the truth, no matter what the consequences are on yourself, even if it means your life is in danger, and more or less 99% you are certain your life will be taken, but you stick with the truth and you never give up. Why? Because you're doing it for Allah. Right? So why? Because we do sidq for Allah's sake. And Allah is the most truthful of all. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلَ حَدِيثًا No one. So we do that for Allah's sake. And on the other hand, you will see now these opposite traits. Lying is a very dangerous trait. It's like the trademark of a hypocrite. Right? Or a wrong person, a wrongdoer, a criminal. Why? Because... When they lie, they don't think of Allah. They have lost the, comp the moral compass. They, they've lost modesty. So they do whatever they want to do. And what they don't realize is when somebody becomes a liar, they're not even conscious that they are lying. And they will, among the lies that they make, lie against God and his messenger. And that's the worst of lies that anyone can ever utter, say. You understand? And on top of everything, they are concealing the truth. The reality, the haqiqah, the haqq, that is very dangerous. It's so bad. So in this surah, you can see this is one thing. And then the opposite of the other two, generosity, miserliness, bukhal. This is a funny thing because the Quran, in a way, we'll read that. We read the surah Fajr, I think. So in a way, we had that reading. I said it once in Juma prayer as well. We read in that surah, Allah says, we love to accumulate wealth. We like to uh, gather things. I really like that interpretation, which is a, a variation of reading, because it's an, in a way scary. Like if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that we all love to accumulate wealth, but so much, like too much, we're crazy about it. All we care about is to hoard, like pile up things, have more and more and more of things. You know, our bank account, you're no longer satisfied with 
is it three figures? Okay, four figures in thousands. No, no, five. Six, it has to be six figures, six digits in the bank account. And then, you're not satisfied with one property, you're not happy with 200 square feet, you know, feet. You just want more and more and more. So if that really is our essence, it's scary. Because what it means is that by default, we are stingy. Because in order to accumulate more and not let it decrease, you can't be generous, kind. And we know that generosity is a key trait of a sincere believer, piety. Whereas its opposite, miserliness or stinginess or bukhal, is something that destroyed previous nations in two ways. It led them to their material destruction, which is a paradox. Because when somebody becomes so severely ill with this trait, they are stingy on themselves. This is how it is. So they, but they start being stingy on their family members, household. Like first, maybe let's say relatives and neighborhood relatives, family. Then they are even stingy on themselves. They don't even look after themselves. That's how crazy they are. They just think the whole point is to have so many digits in the bank account. But they don't even understand that when they've deposited the money, there are some rich guys who are absolutely enjoying the money you've deposited there and they're trading with it. But you just, you know, like you don't want to have five pounds in your pocket, you don't want to buy anything for your family, you don't want to change new clothes, nothing, nothing. You just want to increase that. You're just giving that wealth to someone else to trade and nowadays in time, most likely, with usury, interest. They're doing some bad things with your wealth and money. So that is how sick, how dangerous that trait of Bukhal is. And that's why, and it blackens your heart, hardens your heart, yeah, blackens it. So that's why the Prophet ﷺ told us in one hadith, it was the cause for destruction of some of the previous nations because they, they went to the extreme level with it. And the Quran in Surah Muhammad threatens with this, like Allah SWT makes a threat. Allah has asked you to give, but you withhold. Whoever withholds, the Quran says, فَإِنَّمَا يَبْخَلُ عَن نَفْسِهِ He's just doing something bad to himself. And if you carry on doing that, Allah says, I'll replace you with other people who will pray, be humble, and give. And they will not be like you, stingy and miserly. So it seems that when the whole nation uh, becomes, a, as a whole, overall, miserly and stingy, Allah wipes that, those people from the face of this earth. That's how bad this trait is. It's like, if that becomes the norm, like, all people are selfish, okay? And we are becoming more and more of, like, a narcissistic and egotistic society. But if it becomes even more so, I would say, than what's right now, the next thing you can expect is divine punishment from the heavens. Allah will replace us with someone else, with another uh, nation. So... Let us, you know, be aware of this and get rid of this trait from our hearts as soon as possible. Ramadan is a wonderful opportunity to do that. But there are two more things he, he mentioned. One, sorry, I mentioned lying. Now, stinginess, one more thing. This concept of istighna, thinking that you don't need anyone, that you are self-sufficient, you don't need anybody's guidance, advice, help, teaching, support, whatever. That's very dangerous. And Surah Al-Alaq mentions, it is another thing that humans tend to think. Like, 
I'm too smart. I don't need anybody's support and help. I, I solely rely on my own intelligence and my mus muscles and whatever. Whereas it, the reality is not like that. Isn't the month of Ramadan an excellent time when we actually see how fragile we are, feeble, weak? When we are hungry and like getting towards the iftar time and the tummy is getting louder and louder and nowadays Allah saved us really in this uh, so far. It hasn't been warm or hot at all, so we hardly ever felt thirst, really, so far, and it's nearly the last third of Ramadan. But when we are very hungry and thirsty on a very hot day and a long day and weak, and we don't have five pounds to buy a burger or a loaf of bread, there's nothing. Don't know. You're knocking, asking people, begging, but nobody's giving you. That is when you realize you're not self-sufficient. Only Allah is. From everyone. And He is the praiseworthy, sufficient, rich. We are poor, fuqara, in that sense. We are in need of Allah. That is the message. So the human being who starts thinking that they are totally self sufficient, independent, they are basically lying to themselves, trying to take that attribute from God that belongs solely to Him. And Allah says, no, you are in need, you are needy, and you are in need of my divine assistance and grace. And that's why we pray when we pray in Al-Fatihah, So we all the time ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist us because we need assistance. The best assistance is the divine one from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is, of course, no harm in acknowledging that you need support and help of other fellow human beings that is perfectly fine in, in the worldly mundane things. So I just want, wanted this to be mentioned today really and I'll mention one more thing towards the end of this surah. So just to wrap it up, the person who is generous, the person who is pious and honest, truthful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate all the good. He will ease his path so that he can travel towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First, in this life, he will enable you to follow the Sharia rules, to balance your life out. And then what waits is even better. Better. On the other hand, a person who, na'uzu billah, becomes miserly, thinks that they are independent, self-sufficient, and then develops a trait of lying, not being honest and straight in their life, all they're going to wait for is difficulty upon difficulty. Usr. This is what the Quran says. If the Quran said that, then remember it's for sure. And one more point from this surah. Allah mentions in this surah some of the Meccan people who thought that they had the necessary and desirable social standing, status in their community. They were famous. They were also leaders, plus rich, and had lots of children, some of them. Okay? Allah gives them a reply. This is a very early Meccan revelation. Allah says, وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا So Allah says, his wealth will not save him when he perishes in the fire. And surely it is Allah to, who gives guidance. It is for us to give guidance. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replied to some of those Meccan leaders when the Prophet invited them to follow him and follow Allah's deen. They said, if what you are saying is even true, then when I meet God, because you are telling me we are all traveling back, this is what the Quran says. You are telling us we are all going traveling back to Allah. <laughs> These rich, silly people, they said, when we meet Allah on Judgment Day or when we meet Him, yeah, with the meeting, liqa, we will just give all of our money and wealth to Allah to please Him and He will forgive us our sins. And if we need to, our kids listen to us, we will offer them as sacrificial, <laughs> yeah, so that we save ourselves. And Allah replied to that. It's like Surah Al-Masad, isn't it? It's similar. And other places in Quran like that. So Allah says, nor their wealth, nor their children, nor their status, fame, nothing will benefit them when they come to meet Allah. Except if they come with a pure, repenting heart. That's what will count. It's the purity of intention, basically. So this message is amazing, in my opinion. And then Allah reassures the Prophet, we guide, Allah guides. Your job is to deliver the message. Tell your uncle Abu Lahab to follow you. He doesn't want to follow you and his wife, Ummu Jamil. Your job is not to force him and his wife, your uncle and auntie. If Allah wished and wanted so, for them to be guided, they would be, have been guided. Allah didn't. Because they never prayed with sincerity. They didn't have the purity of intention or heart. But those who had, like Hamza, Allah guided him, like Al-Abbas, Allah guided him, and others. So that was really the message. And Allah says, Inna alayna lalhuda. We guide. Allah is the guide. Allah is the guide, the ultimate guide. And there is one more thing. Allah says, the, those who believe and do as much as they can in terms of righteousness, they will protect themselves from the punishment of the hellfire. This surah says that. لا يصلاها إلا الأشقى. The misfortunate, the one who is miserable, means the one who ignored the message, they will fall in it. And all those who are good, they will protect themselves from it. The truly pious. Who are those? Who give in, yeah, give in charity, generously, yeah? and purify themselves. In fact, even through the practice of giving in charity, they purify their soul as well as their wealth. So that is why, you know, this message is very important for the month of Ramadan. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the Prophet ﷺ himself was most generous actually in the month of Ramadan. Because he wanted to attain the utmost purification in this way. And in a way, in a way like the Quran says here, two more points about this giving in charity. The Prophet ﷺ never wanted to withhold anything from people. Like whenever somebody came to him, he would give. And he would not store anything because he understood that giving in Allah's way is the right investment, is the right thing to do. But seeking Allah's pleasure only, for Allah's sake alone. So there is this danger, you know, this surah reminds us. Uh, so, in order to attain divine pleasure, Ridwanullah Ta'ala, we have to give in charity 
and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the purity of intention. That's what it means. Because how many people there are who give, uh, you know, who are quite wealthy and rich, but they give for the wrong reasons, to become famous or whatever. And we know loads of non-Muslims who have established charitable foundations. They really will be miserable on the judgment day when they see that that wasn't accepted because the key to acceptance wasn't there. Okay? Or they mixed it up with some alternative motives, like some lowly yeah, motives to show off, for example, to be spoken of. Or in a way as well, to, to gain somebody's trust. There are a lot of people, it's funny, they give lots of money. The reason is because they want to register a bank. And they are now in the new, you know, main national newspapers. Their name is like as a noble guy. And then everybody trusts this person. Now they give all the, you know, they invest with that person. And then he rips them off properly. Then he rips them off properly. So... I know of stories like that, of multimillionaires and billionaires who developed their profile using charitable work, and then after that, then they really show their true face. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from such a thing. And this is why the message of Quran is timeless, universal, applies to all of us, any given time, whatever is the condition and situation, and uh, it is so useful to us. It's so rewarding. It, that's why we can describe it as a mercy and cure because it, is, it does constantly up, you can apply remedy on yourself or whatever alignment you have from this holy book and it can treat it yeah, remedy it so this was Surah Al-Layl uh, the next Surah is Surah Al-Duha okay, the morning light there are a couple of comparisons in this Surah and, and, and the one we just read um, and there is a little similarity with the next chapter, Surah Al-Inshirah, or Al-Sharah. Uh, I think Surah Wadduha is quite central to the Prophet so to do justice to this Surah, I prefer to talk about it tomorrow in full, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, but it also has some general lessons in it. Uh, so nonetheless, alhamdulillah, uh, we managed to cover Surah Al-Layl uh, in these two sessions, yesterday and today. But now, really, we have to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the desire yeah, uh, to deepen our knowledge okay, of the Holy Book and also to deepen and improve our understanding of the message, yeah, our understanding of the Islamic uh, rules and regulations and the holy book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the tawfiq to make this book our best friend isn't it? so that we can cherish it, read it and learn from it constantly and benefit in this and in the next life likewise we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to equip us with those traits which are necessary for our traveling or our path spiritual path to be at ease and those are the qualities of generosity kindness and uh, the quality of honesty truthfulness isn't it and piety we need those we need those and like the essence of those is of course ikhlas and sincerity and tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will take us to yaqeen the level of certainty but at the same time we have to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to 
shield us, to protect us from any kind of blameworthy trait, particularly miserliness, yeah, bukhal, stinginess, and lying, being dishonest. It's such an awful trait. Likewise, we don't want to grow in arrogance and pride. And I told you so many times, why do people disbelieve in the first place or why they don't come to terms to accept Allah and follow a religious path? Because they become too arrogant and stubborn. You understand? Proud, kibr, and inad. For those two reasons, people lose it. So we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we never think of ourselves like we are everyone and we are everything. And we, and just we, I, 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 and I'm totally independent. And whatever I have and I do, it's solely because of my efforts and my intelligence and my this and that. Na'uzu billah. How many times we have to repeat? Not one single prayer do we do. Not one single day of fast do we fast in Ramadan or outside of it unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the tawfiq to do so. And facilitated it for us. So it's the tawfiq from Allah and the taysir. Because if you had a health condition, how would you be able to fast? You won't be. So it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His divine ample mercy. So let us constantly turn to Him in tawbah and repentance, repentance and istighfar, for seeking forgiveness, and in prayer, okay, in both ways, formally and informally. And we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our mistakes, our sins. Uh, and our shortcomings and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to walk into the beautiful gardens of Jannah through the gate of Rayyan and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the privilege of dying in the month of Ramadan as well whenever that may be destined for us and in the rank of Shuhada which is the one of the highest or as Siddiqeen uh, or Al-Muqarrabeen and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he because this surah in a way mentions it that we get the greatest of the achievements of Jannah and the most joyful thing looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, just like nowadays we look at the beautiful full moon uh, without any barriers in between and that will bring us the utmost joy and happiness that will last forever. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم سبحانك اللهم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك ونصلي ونسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا من فضلك وجودك وكرمك علما وتعليما اللهم أغننا بالعلم وزينا بالحلم وأكرمنا بالتقوى وجملنا بالعافية يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ارحمنا بترك المعاصي أبدا ما أبقيتنا وأرحمنا ورحمنا أن نتكلف ما لا يعنينا ورزقنا حسن النظر فيما يرضيك عنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم هب لنا بالشوق إلى لقائك يا رب العالمين والنظر إلى وجهك الكريم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة